Day 7, the third story of the Decameron. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Decameron by Giovanni Boccaccio, translated by J. M. Rigg. Day 7, the third story. Fra Rinaldo lies with his gossip, her husband finds him in the room with her, and they make him believe that he was curing his godson of worms by a charm. Philostrato knew not how so to veil what he said touching the mares of Partia, but that the keen-witted ladies laughed thereat, making as if it was at somewhat else. However, his story being ended, the king called for one from Elisa, who, all obedience, thus began. Debonair, my ladies, we heard from Amelia how the boogie is exercised, and it brought to my mind a story of another incantation. Tis not indeed so good a story as hers, but as no other germane to our theme occurs to me at present, I will relate it. You are to know, then, that there dwelt aforetime at Siena a young man, right gallant, and of honorable family, his name Rinaldo who being in the last degree enamoured of one of his neighbours, a most beautiful gentlewoman and the wife of a rich man, was not without hopes that, if he could but find means to speak with her privately, he might have of her all that he desired. But seeing no way, and the lady being pregnant, he cast about how he might become her child's godfather. Wherefore, having ingratiated himself with her husband, he broached the matter to him in as graceful a manner as he might, and was arranged. So Rinaldo, being now godfather to Madonna Agnesa's child, and having a more colorable pretext for speaking to her, took courage and told her in words that message of his heart which she had long before read in his eyes but though twas not displeasing to the lady to hear it availed him but little now not long afterwards it so befell that whatever may have been his reason rinaldo betook him to friarich and whether it was that he found good pasture therein or what not he persevered in that way of life and though for a while after he was turned friar he laid aside the love he bore his gossip and certain other vanities yet in course of time without putting off the habit he resumed them and began to take a pride in his appearance and to go dressed in fine clothes and to be quite the trim gallant and to compose songs and sonnets and ballads and to sing them and to make a brave show in all else that pertained to his new character but why enlarge upon our fra rinaldo of whom we speak what friars are there that do not the like ah opprobrium of a corrupt world sleek faced and sanguine daintily clad dainty in all their accessories they ruffle it shamelessly before the eyes of all showing not as doves but as insolent cocks with raised crest and swelling bosom and what is worse to say not of the vases full of electuaries and unguents the boxes packed with diverse comfits the pitchers and phials of artificial waters and oils 
the flagons brimming with Malmsley and Greek and other wines of finest quality, with which their cells are so packed that they show not as the cells of friars, but rather as apothecaries or perfumers' shops. They blush not to be known to be gouty, flattering themselves that other folk wot not that long fasts and many of them, and coarse fare and little of it, and sober living, make men lean and thin, and for the most part healthy, or if any malady come thereof, at any rate, tis not the gout, the wanted remedy for which is chastity, and all beside that belongs to the regimen of a humble friar. They flatter themselves, too, that others wot not that over and above the meagre diet, long vigils, and orisons, and strict discipline, ought to mortify men, and make them pale, and that neither St. Dominic nor St. Francis went clad in stuff dyed in grain or any other goodly garb, but in coarse woollen habits, innocent of the dyer's art, made to keep out the cold, and not for show to which matters twere well god had a care no less than to the souls of the simple folk by whom our friars are nourished fray rinaldo then being come back to his first affections took to visiting his gossip very frequently and gaining confidence began with more insistence than before to solicit her to that which he craved of her so being much urged the good lady to whom fray rinaldo perhaps seemed now more handsome than of yore had recourse one day when she felt herself unusually hard pressed by him to the common expedient of all that would fain concede what is asked of them and said oh but fray rinaldo do friars then do this sort of thing madam replied fray rinaldo when i divest myself of this habit which i shall do easily enough you will see that i am a man furnished as other men and no friar whereto with a truly comical air the lady made answer alas woe's me you are my child's godfather how might it be nay but where a very great mischief and many a time i have heard that tis a most heinous sin and without a doubt, were it not so, I would do as you wish. If, said Fra Rinaldo, you forgo it for such a scruple as this, you are a fool for your pains. I say not that tis no sin, but there is no sin so great, but God pardons it, if one repent. Now tell me, whether is more truly father to your son, I that beheld him at the font, or your husband that begot him my husband replied the lady sooth say you returned the friar and does not your husband lie with you why yes said the lady then rejoined the friar i that am less truly your son's father than your husband ought also to lie with you as does your husband the lady was no logician and needed little to sway her she therefore believed or feigned to believe that what the friar said was true so who might avail to answer your words of wisdom quoth she and presently forgot the godfather in the lover and complied with his desires nor had they begun their course to end it forthwith but under cover of the friar's sponsorship which set them more at ease as it rendered them less open to suspicion they foregathered again and again 
but on one of these occasions it so befell that fray rinaldo being come to the lady's house where he espied none else save a very pretty and dainty little maid that waited on the lady sent his companion away with her into the pigeon-house there to teach her the paternoster while he and the lady holding her little boy by the hand went into the bedroom locked themselves in got them on to a divan that was there and began to disport them and while thus they sped the time it chanced that the father returned and before any was aware of him was at the bedroom door and knocked and called the lady by her name whereupon tis as much as my life is worth quoth madonna agnesa lo here is my husband and the occasion of our intimacy cannot but be now apparent to him sooth say you returned fra rinaldo who was undressed that is to say had thrown off his habit and hood and was in his tunic if i had but my habit and hood on me in any sort twould be another matter but if you let him in and he finds me thus twill not be possible to put any face on it but with an inspiration as happy as sudden now get them on you quoth the lady and when you have them on take your godson in your arms and give good heed to what i shall say to him that your words may accord with mine and leave the rest to me the good man was still knocking when his wife made answer coming coming and so up she got and put on a cheerful countenance and heed her to the door and opened it and said husband mine well indeed was it for us that in came fra rinaldo our sponsor twas god that sent him to us for in sooth but for that we had to-day lost our boy which the poor simpleton almost swooned to hear and how so quoth he o husband mine replied the lady he was taken but now all of a sudden with a fainting fit so that i thought he was dead and what to do or say i knew not had not fray rinaldo our sponsor come just in the nick of time and set him on his shoulder and said gossip tis that he has worms in his body and getting as they do about the heart they might only too readily be the death of him but fear not i will say a charm that will kill them all and before i take my leave you will see your boy as whole as you ever saw him and because to say certain of the prayers thou shalt have been with us and the maid knew not where to find thee he caused his companion to say them at the top of the house and he and i came in here and for that tis not meet for any but the boy's mother to assist at such a service that we might not be troubled with any one else we locked the door and he yet has him in his arms and i doubt not that he only waits till his companion have said his prayers and then the charm will be complete for the boy is already quite himself again the good simple soul taking all this for sooth and overwrought by the love he bore his son was entirely without suspicion of the trick his wife was playing him and heaving a great sigh said i will go look for him nay replied the wife go not thou wilt spoil the efficacy of the charm wait here i will go see if thou mayst safely go and will call thee whereupon fray rinaldo who had heard all that passed and was in his canonicals and quite at his ease and had the boy in his arms having made sure that all was as it should be cried out gossip 
do I not hear the father's voice out there? Eh, indeed, sir, replied the simpleton. Come in, then, said Fra Rinaldo. So in came the simpleton, whereupon quoth Fra Rinaldo, I restore to you your boy made whole by the grace of God, whom but now I scarce thought you would see alive at Vespers. You will do well to have his image fashioned in wax, not less than life-size, and set it for a thanksgiving to God before the statue of Master St. Ambrose, by whose merits you have this favor of God. The boy, catching sight of his father, ran to him with joyous greetings, as little children are wont, and the father, taking him in his arms, and weeping as if he were restored to him from the grave, fell by turns a-kissing him, and thanking his godfather, that he had cured him. Fra Rinaldo's companion, who had taught the maid not one paternoster only, but peradventure four or more, and by giving her a little purse of white thread that a nun had given him, had made her his devotee. No sooner heard Fra Rinaldo call the simpleton into his wife's room, than he stealthily got him to a place whence he might see and hear what was going on. Observing that the affair was now excellently arranged, he came down and entered the chamber, saying, Fra Rinaldo, those four prayers that you bade me say, I have said them all. Then well done, my brother, quoth Fra Rinaldo, well-breathed must thou be. For my part, I had but said two when my gossip came in. But what with thy travail and mine, God of his grace, has vouchsafed us the healing or the boy. The simpleton then had good wine and comfits brought in, and did the honours to the godfather and his companion, in such sort as their occasion did most demand. He then ushered them forth of the house, commending them to God, and without delay had the waxen image made, and directed it to be set up, with the others, in front of the statue of St. Ambrose, not, be it understood, St. Ambrose of Milan. End of Day 7 The Third Story